When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can use promo code DNVR to make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 with promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I am Patrick Lyons. And I am Susie Hunter. Patrick, I feel like this win today here on Wednesday was so, so necessary do you agree? Yes or yes? Very much so. Yes. Uh, that's my, I'm going to go with the option three. Yes, it was a good one for the boys. And I don't mean just the boys that are the current members of the Colorado Rockies, but also the boys that were taken in the 2022 MLB draft. We'll, we'll talk about those boys in a little bit. But you're absolutely right. This was a game. Again, two-game series. Wasn't a full series because it was only two games. The White Sox won the first one, two Don't one. Think this that's was a word <laughs> it, in baseball parlance. It's a series, <laughs> and it looked like this one was it was getting away from the Rockies, but they win it thanks to the DraftKings Sports the King of the Game, Elias Diaz, with the game-winning RBI, gets the one hit. Two RBI on that hit to the right side, going the opposite way. Compact swing, as Bud Black called it in the post game, a real veteran at that. And don't forget, there was a spot earlier in the game when he picked off a runner at third base in a spot where there very much could have been that third run on the board for the White Sox. It was a 3 2 game at that point. So even defensively, Diaz doing a really solid job overall. And he's been one of their hotter players as of late. Some guys slowing down, Connor Joe, banged up. He's been available, but if you look at what his numbers have been the last month even, not great, but the flip side for Elias Diaz, he's been really solid defensively and at the plate. For sure, for sure. And, you know, we saw some struggles with him earlier this season, so it's nice that he is stepping it up when his teammates need him the most. But, yeah, what a tank that guy is. El Tanque, he, yeah, he tanked it to the right side. It looked great. Now, uh, before El Tanque had himself the, the game-winning RBI there on that two-run single, it looked like Antonio Sensatella was worthy of it uh, as he had pitched into the seventh inning. Looked like he probably was going to be able to finish the seventh inning before a comebacker from Lurie Garcia got him in the shin and... You know, he didn't like his uh, his foot placement there after that, just didn't feel comfortable and didn't want to cough one up uh, in a spot in which they were winning 3-2. So uh, he came out of the game somewhat, I'm not going to say begrudgingly, but he was disappointed. He didn't want to come out of the game, uh, saw him in the clubhouse afterwards, and I asked if you could see the seams of the baseball, and you could. You could see. So he it hit him on the shin, like at the meaty part of the shin. You know, it like looks the, like that bump on his, like, it's like kind of like side calf. It looks like he's growing another calf on his yes. calf. It did. It, he has a front calf yeah. is what he has. It did, yeah. He laughed right when we sat. Uh, I was like, uh, yeah, I guess you could say that, but you could see the stitches on that ball that came right back. Uh, was able to, to 
almost made the play, I should say. But, you know, you, you got to like what he's been doing so far. Giving up a lot more hits, but, again, he's inducing the double play. The defense was behind him today. B-Rod made a good full extension grab at uh, one point uh, early on in the game. So uh, defense there, two errors on Tuesday, but uh, none to my recollection on Wednesday. So he was getting the support, only one walk. Uh, but five strikeouts. So his numbers are kind of ticking up a little bit in the strikeout department. And as we know here in Coors Field, you're going to give up your share of hits. You just got to make sure it's not death by singles. And it didn't appear like it was going to be that way. When he came out, Lucas Gilbreth couldn't get it out. Uh, Carlos Estevez ended up giving up uh, a two-run single to uh, A.J. Pollock there. That was the one that it seemed like this game was getting away from the Rockies where they were down 5-3 at that point. Um, but again, as we said, big comeback win. And, and to your point, Susie, uh, that was uh, a much needed win. If, if, if you want to keep this team together and intact and say, they've got a run in them, you got to win games like this. You absolutely have to. For sure. Yeah. This felt like one of those Rockies games where they had a lead things fall apart in the seventh inning. And I'm so relieved to see that they steer the ship, right? <laughs> and the game started off. In, I'm not going to say typical fashion, but in throwback fashion, Charlie Blackman with yeah. the leadoff home run. As we said, Connor Joe has been a little bit banged up uh, from a slide in, in Milwaukee. So he's been available, but batting leadoff has been Charlie Blackman uh, all throughout this White Sox series with uh, Garrett Hampson batting behind him. But Blackman goes deep to lead off the game. It's his third time just this season alone. His 39th overall leadoff home run. It was his 16th of the season. He's now ninth most in history all time. Five behind Brady Anderson, 44 for eighth all time. Who? Well, I'm going to leave it at that about Brady Anderson. If you know about a little bit about Brady Anderson, then you probably know a lot about Brady Anderson. We'll leave it at that. So congrats to Charlie for, for being in the ninth spot there. And his homer was the 544th career extra base hit as a member of the Rocky passing Carlos Gonzalez for third most in franchise history. And you would think that would be good enough to earn him a spot as the greatest number 19 in Denver sports history. (laughs) But if you're going over and checking out TDSP, the Denver sports podcast, or if you're on the DNVR sports uh, feed on Twitter, Joe Sackick has that spot, and rightfully so. We're talking a Hall of Famer. But Charlie Blackman, God, what a career. It continues. It continues for him. Yeah, and you know what? I think you forgot to mention that Charlie Blackman now has a 20-game at-home hit streak. So good for him. Um, He just keeps hitting all these new milestones. It's incredible that he is just – he's thriving again. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. That's the longest single season hitting streak at home since him back in 2019. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's, he's breaking his own records or at least setting those records. Uh, two hits today for Brendan Rodgers, Chris Bryant, Jose Iglesias. Chris Bryant, I mean, our, I, I've, I've said this a couple times. I think maybe the last time it was brought up uh, was when I was talking with Drew Goodman about this. But now that we're seeing a lot more of Chris Bryant and you've seen how he sprayed the ball around a little bit, how do you like my prediction that Chris Bryant will win a batting title in the next three years? Does he look like a guy who's, you know, going to be batting in the three thirties somewhat consistently, or at least for a 162 game stretch. Do you like this prediction? 
maybe last week I would have liked it now that he's coming off the back injury. I'm concerned about the plantar fasciitis. Am I saying that right? Um, his foot, his foot situation. Everyone's got a foot situation right now, but yeah, I mean, he's fine. Obviously he's playing, but I mean, this kind of issue differs from person to person. Obviously it was enough of an issue the other day, but we got to keep our eye on that because Buddy said that he has even um, had issues with that in the past. Yeah, for Buddy, his plantar fasciitis, you said it perfectly, Susie. We won't make you. you spell it. It is very difficult. <laughs> I know how to spell it as a runner. I, I don't think I've ever had plantar fasciitis. Uh, I've had Achilles tendonitis, which totally different, but plantar fasciitis. Yeah. Baseball cleats are not comfortable. Like I probably had it maybe when I was a, when I was younger and I, and I played more consistently. consistently. Like cleats are just not comfortable it, it happens a lot but he had it, i think for two years and then it just all of a sudden seemed like it went away so you know brian's doing the the rollers uh foot log is something that i use or you can get a golf ball and just kind of run your foot on it just to kind of break up the fascia break up um you know some of the lactic acid that might build up he's running fine he's looking good out there uh but you're right that could be something that's going to steal a couple hits from him you know uh maybe a couple hits a month over the course of a season, that's about 10 to 12 hits um, and could make the difference in a, in a batting title if there are issue uh, issues with his feet. Jose Iglesias, we learned, he had fouled the ball off his left foot in Milwaukee, uh, was available off the bench, I believe, on Tuesday. He didn't start. Hampson was there, made an error, unfortunately. Uh, but Iglesias back in the lineup, uh, had himself uh, an RBA double there in the first inning, a three-run first. He looked really great. Uh, Julius Chassin just went on the IL for uh, a, a foot injury. I forget what it was called, but Bud Black knew what it was. He he knew the clinical term. He knew the exact oh, bone. I think the foot. It he was amazing. did. He he did. Yeah, it was so funny. Um, yeah. So everyone's got a foot problem going on right now. It's it. It's it. These are athletes. Athletes with feet. But yet none of them have athletes' foot. So <laughs> not that we know of. Right. You know, we don't know that. That's true. We we have not. You can't asked. you can't confirm or deny that, Patrick. Do your reporting. The, the only the only focus we have on their feet is just what kind of gibbets do they have on their Crocs. That's really the only thing we care about. You know, below the knees. Exactly. I need to <laughs> now that the gibbet situation is flourishing in the clubhouse. We need to really start diving into. Okay, what do you have? What do you have? Because when they first got them. We wanted to look into it. There just weren't enough gibbets. This is the investigation that I need to do. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, they've they've got plenty now. The the clubhouse is mad with it. To go back to uh, Sensatella, six and two thirds innings pitched, eight hits, three runs, one walk, five strikeouts. As we mentioned, Gilbreth was not able to get an out. Estevez got the final out in the seventh, uh, but he did give up that two RBI single to Pollock. And Robert Stevenson looked really solid uh, coming back. Got rid of the stash. Got rid of the dash. Uh, he had this yeah. bad outings in Milwaukee and said, nope, it's gone. He's actually pitched a little bit better without the stash. It worked for Sam Hilliard. It's working for Robert Stevenson. You know, I love when these, you know, kind of silly things make make a difference or seem to make a difference, whether it's mental or not. But, yes, the mustache that he's had, it's gone. And he was good today. So I, I, we like to see that. We like to see just we're mixing it up a little bit. Dare I say Susie gone? but not forgotten. Uh, not someone forgotten. who's someone who's been forgotten maybe a little bit, uh, Peter Lambert, uh, you know, oh! came back late last year and 
course, in 2020 uh, during the pandemic shortened season, you know, he just had Tommy John surgery. But it is kind of strange that in uh, this entire year here in 2020, 2022, I think that's the year. Uh, what? <laughs> Peter Lambert, yeah. we've not seen him. Actually, we haven't <coughs> seen him even at the ballpark uh, once this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, zero innings pitched at Coors Field or at all for the Rockies. His brother, Jimmy Lambert. He's now Jimmy. pitched an inning. He's thrown three pitches and he's gotten three outs on Tuesday. Uh, two pitches, the second of which was a double play, inning, inning double play. He comes in there. I think he bails Joe Kelly out of a jam. Throws one pitch. He gets a, a pop out foul. I think off the bat of Ryan McMahon and or maybe it was Charlie Blackman. Uh, and that's that. Uh, it was actually CJ Crow. So anyway, but the bottom line is Jimmy Lambert. Okay, he's uh, he wins the the battle of the Lamberts. He wins the Lambert off Jimmy Lambert. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, what a title. Joe Kelly also les- left today's game. He did. He did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not, we weren't, weren't sure exactly what the uh, the injury issue was there. You're kind of on the White Sox side. I don't know if you got any of that scuttlebutt. But, yeah, came out. Trainers looked at him. And, uh, yeah, he was uh, he was done for the day. Herman Marquez on Tuesday night, really solid, man. Again, third consecutive quality start, six innings pitched, seven hits, one run, one walk. Six strikeouts, 14 to three strikeout to walk uh, ratio over his last three starts, 2.29 ERA. You feeling safe enough now, Susie, to say Edman Marquez, the Edman Marquez we knew in 2021 is back? Is it safe to say that? Um, I think it's like 90% safe. Um, I do want to add, I appreciate that all of these pitchers who have had like ups and downs all season are all kind of starting to revert back to their peak selves. I like that. Uh, I mean, I think it's mostly safe to say Herman Marquez is back. He is. The greatest number 48 in Denver sports history. <laughs> Again, we're plugging it away, man. It, it was such a fun project. CHGO, tip of the cap to them. Not the White Sox guys. They had a couple on the list. But you know what? They went. They did a list 0 through 99. So we just unveiled our list. And Herman Marquez, the best number 48. So love that. A couple guys on the current roster uh, were able to make it and and break through. You know, again, Herman Marquez, he's he's got a long way to go. Uh, Would he be in the rotation, the all-time Rockies rotation? You might make a case for him at, at like the fifth spot maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, 48 is not uh, one of those popular numbers in, in any sport, no. certainly not here in Denver. So uh, he gets that nod. So uh, congrats yeah. to him. We, we got to tell him at some point, say, hey, congratulations. I don't know. Are we making up awards? Are we doing plaques? We got to go all out now at this point. You know no? what? How about we can make him a trophy? Oh, I've got a great idea. So we have his bobblehead already. We spray painted gold so it looks like a trophy. Herman, look what we have for you. Congratulations. You are the best <laughs> number 48 in Denver sports history. And I'll be like, what? You guys are insane. Please leave. Um, no, that was a, that's a fun. There's a lot of Rockies pitchers <laughs> um, on that list. I feel like because some of those numbers aren't quite as popular in other sports. I will take it. Susie, you have no. So I, I've started the spreadsheet and I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to fight for some of these Rockies guys. Hats off to everyone who knew their Rockies history and was like, no, this guy and fighting for Josh Fogg. He didn't make it. He's not the best at the 37 of all time. But people stepped up and were like, no, Pedro Stasio is the greatest number 34. Jason Jennings is the greatest number 32 in Denver sports history. So I was 
overjoyed with the love that our company had and appreciation and respect for you know the Rockies legends. And, you know, that's the thing is it's not celebrated as well here as it might, you know, the other teams in town, like that's mm-hmm. one of the unfortunate things about the Rockies is they don't do that. They don't bring those guys back. The Helton's always around hurdle is always around, you know, guys like that. But for the most part, they're not always acknowledging uh, that great history. So that, that, that warmed the cockles of my heart, much like that home <laughs> run from Ryan McMahon on Tuesday night yes. in the ninth inning, made it close two one Susie, mm-hmm. when he hit that out against Liam Hendricks, ya boy, my boy. Were you, were you thinking, oh no, like this this is probably gonna fall apart at the seams for for Liam? You know what? I thought that the Rockies kind of had a chance. Plus, you know, we have learned now that you know we've been talking to Liam Hendricks. He does not do well at altitude, just like physically, he gets ill at altitude. Um, he was very open about talking about how the first time he ever pitched in Colorado Springs, he was throwing up between every inning so brutal he actually takes altitude sickness medication when he comes back to denver to to pitch so he's he's got his own struggle but he kept it together for the white Sox on his end but with that ryan mcmahon home run i was like oh do we have a chance is he gonna fall apart maybe me talking about all the astrology stuff like maybe i messed with his head before the game i didn't i didn't could be could be. Hey, yeah, you you never know. It was nice because McMahon ended up breaking over 15 slump yeah. uh, since the start of the second half. So that was really great for him. So can we, do we know if he has altitude sickness syndrome? Is he afflicted by ass? Do we know? <laughs> this is, wow. Inappropriate. I'm calling, I'm throwing the flag up. This is not a laughing matter. He is afflicted by these things. Oh wow, my gosh. Susie. Inappropriate. Uh, what was it inappropriate was Randall Grichik's stolen base, his third of the season on Tuesday night. It's worth pointing out because the Rockies had the first three, thir- first three months of the season had only stolen 14 bases. I think they were at the bottom of the national league. Uh, it was only like the tigers that had stolen less bases, Well, they stolen 13 just in the month of July. So they may have more bags in this month where there's been four days off in the middle of it for the all-star break. <laughs> Than they had the previous three months, so it's good to see that they're they're moving a little bit. You actually saw it on Tuesday night uh, at one point where where Hampson was going on the pitch, uh, maybe Chrome was up, and it would have been a patented you know four six three double play, but because Hampson was going on the pitch, that broke up the double play, and that was important because there were seven on Tuesday. It was the most in a nine inning game this season uh, in Major League Baseball. The record was eight. I had to go over to Rockies PR, and I was like, "There's been a lot in this game." What's the record? Twice there there have been eight double plays in a game. I want to say May of 2014 against the Padres was the last time. We saw seven on Tuesday night, four of them by the White Sox. So uh, they bested the Rockies at the Rockies game of double plays. Yeah, Denver has been the double play capital of the world, especially this week. And the DNVR.com is the sports journalism and media and community capital. Well, of Denver and of Colorado and of the Rocky Mountain region. That's why for only 50 cents for your first month, you can get the DNVR.com. Hey, Broncos camp has started. Look, I, I wanted to start off the show this way. Tip of the cap to uh, Kevin Henry because uh, he had a really good tweet. He contributed uh, for Rock's pile and said, hey, you know, that was, I think it was, that was the first home run the Rockies have hit since the start of Broncos training camp. This is our first Rockies podcast since the start of Broncos training camp. Let's go. We made it with the help of the DNVR. 
Discord.com and all the entire community, uh, members only Discord. The chats are always popping off, not just about Broncos, Nuggets, the Stanley Cup champion winners, whatever. But hey, we're also talking about Rockies. What are they going to do at the trade deadline? What aren't they going to do at the trade deadline? And also one of the channels that Susie secretly loves but does not chat in, that would be the Pro Wrestling channel. We've got all kinds of things for hiking, foodies, you name it, we've got it on the members-only Discord. We also have to point out that now is a great time to get locked into Evoca TV, where you can get Altitude Sports, so yes, Nuggets and Abs, finally, in one place, as well as AT&T Sportsnet, so you can get the Rockies, and that's with Evoca TV. Go to evoca.tv slash dnvr. Also, use code dnvr, so instead of $25 per month plus the cost of the receiver, it now is dropped down to only $15 per month for your first three months with Evoca TV. You get all that, and you even get us. Not not really more of us, but you just get all of us in one spot with Evoca TV. Head on over to evoca.tv slash DNVR and make sure you pick up some of the brew of the season, the brick brew of the season. Avalanche Ale, they're the Stanley Cup champs, and you know they're, they're the champs of the beer section of the supermarket, whether it's King Supers, Safeway, Costco, where else? Sam's Club. Come on, I've just named four. Susie, you got where else? Whole Foods. Oh, that's your spot. Come on, I'm th- Sprouts. Actually, I don't know if Sprouts uh, sells beer. Do they? I'm a Sprouts guy. I've never seen that there. You're the Sprouts guy. I'm a Sprouts boy. We know that. You're a Sprouts boy. I don't. I never actually. Like I never actually dead. go into Whole Foods. I, I do pickups. Oh, I hey, pick up. And so there you go. That's it. Avalanche Ale. You don't even have to go in, <laughs> get your hands cold in that in that section. But they'll know you've got great taste when they're dropping it off in your trunk because you selected a case of Breck Brews Avalanche Ale. They're, they're going to cheer you for that. Uh, they're yes. not going to boo you, much like some Ooh. of the fans at Coors Field were booing Chris Brian, I heard it on Tuesday night, and I thought, uh, you know what? I, I pay attention to things fairly well, mm-hmm. and when it's something that's really subtle, a lot of times I'm the only one who notices it, but I, I think everybody in the press box actually noticed it because a bunch of people did. You noticed it as well. I did, yes. It, uh, it was loud, <laughs> and it only happened when Chris Bryant was heading to the plate. So, And to be fair, it was White Sox fans because I think a lot of people were – a little bit surprised. I think, you know, there was a thought that our Rockies fans a little bit upset with Chris Bryant. Again, he's played well. Uh, he's got five home runs, again, in limited uh, sample size because, of course, he's he missed 50 games. Also was away a little bit uh, on the paternity list for the birth of his twins. He only missed three days for that, which, again, you wish uh, you really you wish on a human being to have more time at home, but nevertheless, he's got to go back for the grind. So he's there for his teammates, but you think he's getting paid $182 million. People are a little upset. Rockies are losing. We've got an Ian Desmond situation, but no, it's just the White Sox fans because again, they've got their own baggage. First time back since 2017. Last time when they were here, Cal Freeland had himself a no hitter going into the ninth. And look, White Sox fans hate anyone associated with the Cubs. Mm -hmm. So the boo birds were out. For Chris Bryant. I, so I have never been to a game here at Coors Field where the White Sox were playing. So, of course, I know that Cubs fans love to come out in droves and absolutely take over this park. I didn't realize that White Sox fans were going to do the same thing. 
I didn't know. So I was I was surprised to hear the boos, but I'd never for a second thought that those boos were coming from Rockies fans. And when I tweeted, I when I tweeted out about how yeah, um, the boos were happening at Chris Bryant, people were like, oh, like are Rockies fans booing him? I'm like, this isn't Philly. Rockies fans aren't booing their own. Okay. It's, it's the White Sox fans. Who knew they yeah. were harboring so much resentment? Clearly. So I, I was at that Freeland game. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Rockies were up. So, I mean, the Rockies were the Rockies fans. Yeah, yeah, they were very, very quiet. <laughs> they were, they were keeping their mouth shut. They didn't have much to say. I wonder why. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. And so I, it's really, you know, hey, uh, the third tip of the cap. This is a tip of the cap heavy episode here. Tip of the cap okay. to Chicago sports fans. Because it's, we can, I, I feel like we should no longer say Cubs fans show out to Coors Field. It's really Chicago sports fans. And again, we'll, I think that narrative very much will change over the next couple of years uh, with that you know, somewhat more balanced schedule, so to speak, where you're going to see the White Sox every other year here at Coors Field. You're going to see the Guardians every other year where you know they're going to be Cleveland's coming to town, and then the next year, Colorado's going to Cleveland. Like that's how it's going to go. So yes, you'll see the Cubs every year and you'll only see the White Sox every other year, but we'll begin to realize, Oh no, it's, it's really just Chicago folks. And you know what? I feel like it just gets worse and worse. We see more and more Chicago people here. I guess Chicago must be a garbage city because they keep moving here to Denver. Ouch. I don't know. That's a hot take. Look at the numbers. Look at them. Yes, we hey look, we're lucky. We uh, we live in a nice place. We uh, we'll talk about Ryan Ritter here in a little bit because he's a guy from Illinois that was drafted by the Cubs, didn't sign with them. Oh, uh, there was another booing too. I, I think you may have noticed it. You Tony know what? They, they weren't quite boos. It was a very specific chant. It was fire Tony. I didn't hear chanted. that. Oh, I only heard boos. Oh, I actually I didn't hear any boos. I just heard a fire Tony, um, which is a sentiment that a lot of White Sox fans subscribe to apparently. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty I didn't check the numbers, but I think White Sox games take on average at least 5 to 6 minutes longer because of the time it takes Tony La Russa to walk to the mound and pitching changes. So that's going to contribute to that just a little bit. I sat in uh, on his little presser on Tuesday and we were uh, we were right on top of him and we couldn't hear what he was saying, you know? Oh, like, interesting. Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't sit in on that. Cause I was kinda. too busy. I was too busy talking astrology with a certain reliever, but yeah, I got, I missed Tony LaRusso's presser press scrum, um, which disappointed me because we follow each other on Twitter. I don't know how much of a say he had in that. I don't know if he's running his own account. You, th- you think Tony LaRusso has, he's got people. He's got social media people. You think? I don't know. It's like, which is more surprising? Does he have a social media team managing his presence, or is he like logging onto Twitter.com and being like, "I'm gonna follow Susie Hunter"? Like, I don't know which one is more ridiculous. But I do think it's kind of crazy that you could barely hear him. I didn't realize he was that quiet. Yep, standing right in front of him and could not hear him. Well, if if you really are are thinking his social media team is is working hard over there uh on the the Tony Larusa blue check mark account, then I got to hear your hot takes on his last two TikTok videos from Tony Larusa. <laughs> Go ahead, Susie, with your hot take now. You know what? He's great at doing the dances. He is surprisingly <laughs> mobile. No, I'm just kidding. 
like, he does not have a TikTok as far as I know. No, I, do, do we need to confirm <laughs> that? I mean, come on. No, like, it's still, it's still just uh, hasn't necessarily caught on with, uh, with some of the older folks. Just I yet. don't know. It's, Joey Votto is an older folk and he's got a lot of TikTok going on. He is. He's groundbreaking in that capacity. The guy in his, uh, his late thirties there doing the things with his Harry Potter booty popping and, and all that good stuff. But I'm, roast, you know, I'm roasting people today. That is, I am, I'm kind of mean. I'm feeling tip a of the cap mean. to you. You're getting the fourth tip of the cap of the day. <laughs> Look, why we're not stop. I'm not stopping at four. The goal is seven. All right. I need three more caps to tip for this episode. Uh, tip of the cap to the great job. Number five to all of the Rockies PR who wrangled eight, Wild childs, they really weren't that wild, but wild young, children, yeah, yeah, that's what they were. Uh, eight of the top eight draft picks uh, that the Rockies made here in, in 2022, they were all there. Like, we came out to the dugout, and said, All right, who do you want to talk to? And we went in order, and they all, you know, shared their story. I'm curious, was there anyone that left a lasting impression? Either they had a great story, or they just had this poise about them. Some of them were a little more eloquent than others. Some of them, you know, handled themselves. I mean, they all handled themselves well, but some of them, the questions were coming at them so quick because again, you know, we've done our homework. We're, we're curious. Yeah. Gabriel Hughes being that, that, that he was the first guy and, you know, myself, Kevin Henry, Danielle Allen, a couple other folks, we all had our different angles and it was one after another. And there was a second where I almost checked out halfway. Cause I'm like, look at this guy. Like, is he going to catch his breath? Like, He's just taught, does he even know what he's saying? Because the questions are coming so quickly and you don't get that many opportunities. We talk all day long. So we've got those reps where even if we're not ready to talk, it'll take us a second and then we'll kind of get in that mode to go, okay, let me, let me focus in on what I'm saying really. So I don't say something, you know, out of pocket or anything, but it, it was impressive how well they were able to handle themselves. Who, who stood out for you in, in the group of eight? You know what? Um, I really like talking to Gabriel Hughes. Um, I got to pull him aside after the the scrum and I asked him about what we talked about with Danny Wexelman, where she was talking about how he is angry on the mound. And I was like, okay, so she says this, what is the deal? He was like, yeah, like I really was angry and I've really honed it in. So like he was very candid about that and didn't shy away from it, but it was really impressive to see all of these guys, you know, I, don't think they've had scrums like this before. I mean, we do them every day. I doubt that they've had this situation. So it was it was really cool to see them doing well. I wonder if they've had any mini media training at all, but they all seemed like naturals. They weren't nervous. I feel like I might have been nervous if I had a bunch of reporters around me asking me all these crazy questions. So good for them. A tip of the cap to the kids. Oh, that one counts. That's number six. <laughs> That's there number six. Yeah, they, they it was really great. Again, they're seeing Coors Field for the first time. A couple of them said, I, you know, I've never been west of Omaha. Like, Omaha is the West Coast, you know. A couple of them saying, like, well, I was hoping I would I would be able to go to a, a, a team that has spring training in, in Arizona because, you know, I've done, I've done the Southeast thing. I've done Florida a whole bunch. So they were really excited to be out here. They were flying down uh, on Wednesday night to go down to uh, Scottsdale to – to start uh, some play down the Arizona Complex League and get themselves situated a little bit. They got this gigantic stadium in front of them. And now, hey, look, a lot of those SEC teams and uh, Rockies drafted a fair share of, of those guys, right? Talking about Ryan Ritter from uh, Kentucky. Uh, you got 
other guys that I've drawn a blank. Jordan Beck from Tennessee, yeah. uh, Sterling Thompson from Florida. Like, like there was a whole contingency of guys that are there, and you know they've they've played in some packed houses, but not one that has got three levels on it, three decks on it like this. And so it's just just beautiful. And again, you got you know adults, you got different different kind of folks. You got we're big league folks here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so. You know, sometimes we do things a little bit differently. Can be a little, little scary, as as you said. And uh, they handle themselves really well. You also talked to uh, Carson Palmquist, who uh, we were the only ones I think that talked to him, and he had a pretty great story about uh, a meal he had with a with a Hall of Famer. And I mean, yeah, that was pretty just, cool. Just casually dropped that yeah. he had breakfast with David Ortiz, and I'm like, okay, well, like, what what did you eat? What did you guys talk? like what was he like what did he smell like so yeah just casually had had breakfast with Ortiz um I thought that was pretty cool like okay so he's been he's been around big leaguers um we do need to go back uh 30 seconds here Uh, what was that about what did he smell like what what did I I was standing right next to you I don't remember that did you have a side did you have a second follow-up conversation like Carson hey I know we just did like five minutes on David Ortiz what did he smell like? What did he smell like? <laughs> I, all right, I get, I'm not going to get the answer here. Maybe that maybe that happened. Maybe there's a whole he conversation said he about smelled like He said he smelled like cinnamon buns. Is that true? I totally made all of this up for legal purposes. This is a joke. <laughs> um, there was some cinnamon bun talk in the clubhouse this morning. I forget what it was, but I'll say this because this was kind of funny. This is a mm-hmm. good follow-up uh, before I forget it. One of the big, uh, one of the more interesting notes they had up on the scoreboard in Milwaukee at Miller Park. It said, "Ryan McMahon collects porcelain dolls." And yes, we've 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 been wondering the story behind this. It's, it's funny. funny. It's great. Uh, except the thing is, that note was also in San Diego, and Ryan McMahon was like, "Well, I just thought they were you know busting my chops." But then I'm seeing the exact same note in Milwaukee. What's going on? Well, we finally learned today. Corey Little, great job. I guess he does it every year. He slips in a little fake fact, a little note for a player just to see if people are paying attention. You get up on the scoreboard. You get a laugh. It's a big payoff. Here we are in month four of the season, and only now, you know, does does he come clean and say, hey, no hard feelings? And, and of course, everyone laughed. Everyone loved it. It was great. And yeah. Tip of the cap to Corey on that one. That was great. I mean, the great thing, so I was actually, I was so surprised to hear this because Corey's a great dude. He's so good at his job. So him like putting that little, that little Easter egg in there is absolutely delightful. So funny. I was not expecting it. So yes, I agree with your tipping of the cap. That's it. I'm sure David Ortiz tipped very well at the breakfast he had with uh, Carson Palmquist. But I also know that, you know, Carson probably wasn't on an empty stomach much like a lot of the athletes uh, in the Rockies clubhouse, much like myself as a, as a regular guy that is athletic. I start my day each and every way, each and every day, uh, the best way possible with a scoop of athletic greens. I get 75 high quality vitamins, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, minerals, adaptogens. It gets me starting my day right. Susie, guess what? I feel not so great today. I didn't. I forgot. I forgot my athletic greens today. I stayed over at a so, friend's place last night, and I, I didn't so have it. You. That's why. That's why. Patrick, you could have texted me. I would have brought you some. <laughs> you, you had a travel pack. I mean, I have. I have a cabinet of the travel packs. 
which is I what mean, I don't get. have to. I would have put it in a in a little baggie for you. That would have worked. And it's green, so it's not that suspicious. Where someone's gonna go, this, this does not look good going down. So that's the thing too. That if you don't have the travel packs, which you can get along with a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D with your first purchase from Athletic Greens, go to athleticgreens.com/slash. ROC, the first three letters of Rockies. But again, if you've got it in a baggie and you don't have the travel packs, it's not going to look suspicious because it is a green powder. So it's all good. It's on the up and up. But no, it's, it is it is delicious. I have it uh, each and every morning. And again, it, I didn't think it was going to throw me off, but it's like something that kind of has because I didn't sleep as well and nutrition hasn't been great. I did eat that big helmet of tachos yesterday, as you know. You did. Yeah, and, and so, like, it keeps me balanced. So the first thing you do in the morning is the scoop. So uh, get yours at athleticgreens.com slash ROC. And get your uh, your bobbleheads, whether it's Stanley Cup bobbleheads, Nikola Jokic MVP bobblehead, whatever you need from foco.com. They've got some awesome gear and merch for all the other Denver sports teams, including our very own Rockies City Connect bobbleheads and more. Look, they heard you loud and clear. Can you get some green pants bobbleheads in your store? Yes, they've got the green pants locked and loaded. And all you got to do is load up your browser, foco.com, foco.com, and use code DNVR for 10% off all non-presale items, foco.com. Love that. I love love what they do at Foco. Fantastic stuff. Adorable bobbleheads. Adorable. One of the names that came up twice from different players was Max Scherzer. As you said, Gabriel Hughes, not Gabe, Mm -hmm. Gabriel Hughes. Gabriel, please call him by his full name. He's going to be a doctor someday. Both of his parents are doctors. So, like, that's that's the kind of uh, smart guy you've got. He said, look, his focus and tenacity is very similar to Mad Max. Jackson Cox, another super smart guy who mm-hmm. already has an associate's degree in, in high school, yes. has an associate's degree. And uh, he was talking about his curveball grip was similar to the ones Max Scherzer uses. And so, you know, it does stand to reason that, you know, if you got a future hall of famer that you grew up watching as a kid, you're going to try to emulate him in some capacity. And so you like that. A lot of guys are thinking that way. Carson Palmquist. Uh, I saw a couple of photographs of him in video mechanics, somewhat similar to Kyle Freeland. He's a little more three-quarter arm slot, so he gets a little more comparisons of Chris Sale, uh, mm-hmm. but there are those similarities. So anytime you've got those comps going on, uh, that's always a really nice thing. And so, again, really fun to, to meet those guys. Um, at, you know, Keep an eye on them for years to come because these are going to be the stories. These are going to be the guys going forward uh, to look at. Uh, if, if you go on to the dnvr.com, one of the last things uh, I wrote about draft day, uh, it was an article about Kyle Freeland who, you know, pitch fantastic, you know, on Monday night, but also why the Rockies went so heavy on college players and so heavy on college pitchers. You got to read that to, to find out uh, a lot of that just has to do with the international free agents that the Rockies have been signing here in the last couple of years. So these are the names that you got to know that in a couple of years from now, we'll be looking back on this episode and we'll say, Hey, Sterling Thompson, Jackson Cox, Gabriel Hughes, Ryan Ritter. Those were the guys. Connor Stain. I mean, he's another one of those interesting cats. Already got. He's already tatted up, man. Uh, we should have asked oh, if he yeah. met Kyle Freeland yet. Him I know they are stories to swap. Yeah, no, he had the um, he has. We have a picture of it too. 
We'll have to make this into a TikTok because we had such a great conversation with him. But he's got the the Rockies logo, or at least the mountains, on his wrist that he got because he was drafted by the Rockies. So I love to see that our team is permanently branded on him. I genuinely had I had such a great time talking to every single one of those those draftees. They were all just such nice young men. And I love the, the little collars under the jerseys, so dressed up. And their parents were there too. Some of them got, I saw some photos from Sterling's parents. You know, they were there just so proud. I mean, it's just such a big day. Again, it's what every kid dreams of is that day that they can say like, yes, I am a professional athlete and they get this great treatment. And so, uh, so wonderful. I want to, I want to play some audio clip that, um, again, we're talking about draft day and these guys, again, for Connor Stain, it's so interesting because he just got drafted and he already has like a fresh tattoo of the team that took him here in, in a week's time. Like it, it's amazing. Yeah. But Sam Hilliard, um, dude, we, we heard what Sam Hilliard had to say already, right? We I did. think so. Yeah. Yeah. Garrett Who Hampson we- was the guy Garrett that we wanted Hampson, to hear yeah. what his story was like coming out of Long Beach State. Uh, so Kale, if we can get that, uh, you know, his story was unique too. guy who came through the minors super quickly, a little over two years uh, out of Long Beach State. So his draft story is definitely an interesting one uh, we want to share with everybody out there. I knew that it it was, I had a chance to maybe go on the first day. It was kind of interesting, you know, not getting your name called on the, on the first day, kind of the letdown and then just being able to kind of calm yourself down and, you know it'll eventually happen. So we knew hopefully it would be some sometime in the morning the next day, and it was uh, pretty pretty quick in the morning. I think the Rockies were like like fourth pick or something the day that day. I mean I've learned a lot, um, player and a person. I've grown up a lot. Just a, just a young kid, you know, coming out of college. It's been a, it's been a good journey. Yeah, I so- love. I loved talking to Garrett Hampson about this. I loved talking to all of these guys about their draft stories and having them look back and see how far they've come. And then for us to be at, you know, these other kids day one was so freaking cool. I get goosebumps. So excited for them. But yeah, I liked talking to Garrett Hampson because he was like, yeah, I kind of thought like maybe I could go in the first day and it didn't happen, but like it worked out. (laughs) But it, but imagine going to bed that night. You're like, I didn't right. get drafted. Maybe everything is just, is not real. And they, exactly. we're living in the matrix and it's just like, I, I'm not even going to go day two. Like, forget it. I guess I'm not even going to be a pro. But again, you're, you're surrounded by people. That was the, the one thing that so many of the players talked about today was like, Hey, I had an advisor. We looked at this. Uh, there was one, one dude who straight up said, well, the reason I didn't sign at a high school was the money wasn't there. And, uh, a lot of guys don't vocalize that. So I thought that was interesting to say, hey, the money wasn't right for me. And I knew if I went to college, I'd be taken care of well. I'd still get some great training. Uh, we know we talked about with Danny Wexelman uh, about that recently, about you know what that process is like now. There's less teams in the minors. And so I think Major League Baseball wants the colleges to benefit from these young, talented players, but also to do some of that developing on their own. And so uh, this young man said, hey, you know what? If I... Uh, Play, 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 play some Division One baseball in a couple of years' time. The money will be right. And so, hey, that's that's a fairly good investment. So uh, that was interesting to, to, to hear. Uh, I do want to hear Lucas Gilbert as well because keep this in mind too as he's talking about what his draft story was like coming out of the University of Minnesota. 
at that time, he was rocking the Crocs. That was a big thing that he brought into that clubhouse, you know, up in Minnesota. They're big uh, uh, forward on on all the hockey stuff. And in the hockey world, that was really where Crocs really first take it, took off, you know, going from the ice to the to the locker room and, and whatnot. You could just slip right in because you can't walk around on your skates They're, and whatnot. They are a versatile shoe. What do what what don't Crocs do? This is not an ad. <laughs> So while you're listening to Lucas Gilbreth, remember, he is wearing Crocs all throughout his draft story. Let's go ahead and hear that. The first time I was drafted in high school by the Rockies, I didn't expect to be drafted, really. And I was actually playing golf, and they called my home phone at the time, and they don't really do that anymore. But I didn't even know I got drafted until I started getting texts and calls from some people I knew. So... Um, I turned that down and went to college, but yeah, first time I had no idea. The second time was a bit more stressful. Um, junior year of college, throughout the draft, I got a lot of phone calls asking, you know, if I would take this, if I would take that. Um, team saying their picks coming up, so I got frustrated and I just I went fishing that year and just hung out. And then um, the Rockies ended up calling and it ended up working out. But yeah, to me it was a very stressful process. We just got to try and enjoy it because. You really can't control much once the draft starts, and it is stressful though to a, to an extent of you know what team am I going to go to? I wanted to go here, obviously, selfishly, and I know that's not how the draft works, but I have no say. But uh, it ended up working out for me, and I'm happy, obviously. Yeah, Gilbert, one of the few guys who've been drafted twice by the Rockies. I was going to say the guy's so nice, he got drafted twice by the Rockies. <laughs> There you go. Love that. There you one. go. It just love goes to one. show you too that the Rockies organization loves Colorado dudes. They do. They do. Skylar Messenger is one of them. I think we we brought him up last week uh, when they selected him out of the University of uh, of Texas. Uh, big shout out too for everyone that's in the chat right now. Again, if you're listening to this as a podcast, great. Thank you. Keep doing that. Uh, keep supporting us. Again, uh, there's some free content over at thednvr.com. But uh, 50 cents for your first month if you want to see what's behind the paywall and that and be a part of our community and the members-only Discord, all that stuff. But jump in on over to our YouTube channel, DNVR Sports. Uh, so we appreciate all the support. Sean, love that that shout-out. And uh, James, James, do I, do, uh, Susie, do I have a new spreadsheet that I haven't talked about? What, Look, I what do I not know that you have? I'm we trying to think. It should be so known. Many. Even though, like, we are at the park together all day, we sit on opposite sides of the press box, so we actually are not, like, in total communication all day. So I'm like, does what does James know that I don't know? <laughs> well, I did make the spreadsheet for, you know, the greatest to ever wear the number. So I, I did, because there was a need. We talked about it and said, oh, man, we should do this list, zero for 99. Light bulb went off. Actually, I don't have a light bulb that goes off over my head. It's a it's a spreadsheet, and boom, that lit up, and I made that one up. So you know what, uh, James? Yes, you can do a lot with the Google spreadsheet. So again, loving all the uh, the chatter and the action going on in the chat and the DNVR Sports YouTube channel. Uh, final couple of things here, Susie. White Sox. We know them as the Chicago White Sox, but you don't want to keep repeating yourself over and over again. Where would you rank? Are there where would you rank these nicknames that the White Sox have? Traditional White Sox, the Shy Sox, which would be C H I S O X, Shy Sox, or Pale Hose. Is there one that you like, or 
dislike more than any other. I've never heard the pale hose before. Um, <laughs> I feel like you just made that up. I did not. No, no that is a real thing. I've never, I've never, and I've been to Chicago. You okay? ever heard pale hose? I've, I've never heard pale hose. I've eaten their big, stupid, thick pizza. Okay. I've I done like the hot Chi- dogs like that you can't put ketchup on. I like um, Chicago style dogs. You know what? I've done all the Chicago stuff and I've never, ever, ever heard anyone call the White Sox the pale hose. Have you heard of Shy Sox? Yeah. Have you ever said that? But yeah, not pale hose. Pale hose no. is great. That's a good I one. I think you're messing with me. I have, oh my God. I am not. So I, I think you're this. doing a bit. I think no. you're doing a bit, Patrick. Oh my God. I love this, but I am not. It's driving me crazy here. Uh, I say this, I don't, well, I, I don't read a ton of you know articles about the white Sox in general, but I will say you don't see pale hose in the written form quite as much. I'm sure we'll have to ask our folks at CHGO uh, when the Rockies go to Chicago, CHGO underscore white Sox. But uh, if they use pale hose a lot, but yes, that is a, that is a, is a real thing. Sean, thank you so much. Super chat. This is the first one of the Susie era, I think. Maybe. Oh, it might. No, no, no. I feel like we had some opening, maybe some opening day ones. But, Sean, thank you. When DNVR Bar 2.0 reopens, let's create a spreadsheet for Breck Brew consumption. That is an excellent idea. Okay, so we're going to have to log everyone's consumption. Patrick, you're going to take the lead on this project. Well, yeah, but because the thing is, too, it's not even just sorting information where you type it in. You can make new information. So, Sean, okay. great idea. Boom. <laughs> so we're going to track how many you have over how long of a time, how many ounces, uh, how long it takes you to drink each one. And so, again, with the, with the different uh, equations, right, you start with the equal sign, and boom, <coughs> right there, can create a bunch of new columns and find out, like, the average speed per beer. And, like, we could break it down, and we can have stats. So we can have all kinds of, you know, nachos per Breck yes. brew. Like that, what, what's the NPBB? We got to figure I, these things out. It's a great idea. I just love, I love the image of Patrick with a stopwatch timing everyone while they drink every single Breck brew, just like getting in everyone's face. I'm excited for the possibilities. I mean, I got this the lanyard now. I might need to be like a first base coach that has like the stopwatch around my neck. And I'm just, I'm getting information for different purposes. I, I love I, this. This is, this is going I, down. Patrick, I officially dare you to get a stopwatch and wear it around Coors Field the next time you are here. Well, look, if you've ever gone to like a carnival or something, they've got like, you know, the speed pitch where, you know, you throw it and then they keep track. You know, they have like a white erase board. Forget the white erase board. We're going to have a spreadsheet that you go to the bar, you can log into it, you can it gets shared, and there's going to be like a billion pieces of information going on there all the time, all different kinds of records. And so it's not just going to be, hey, who threw the fastest pitch, who chugged the, the best, you know, the avalanche ale the fastest. No, we're going to have we're going to have everything going on. Sean, genius idea. Appreciate you, the super Sean. chat. Appreciate the love for that. And again, just a, just a great idea in general. It's wonderful. I love it. We're inspired. You better cut. If I don't see you with a stopwatch next time you're here at the park, I will throw a fit. That's it. One last thing too to clear out the uh, the notebook just a little bit. Okay. We know about we know about the City Connect uniforms and how it pushed the black vest out. 
Uh, did look like a lot of people had black vests on uh, over the last two days, but they were just White Sox jerseys. So that was that was kind of that, right? They, they were sleeves on them. But we learned uh, there is a black vest right now in the Rockies clubhouse, and it sits inside of Justin Lawrence's locker. He made his debut last year, and he had his had the black vest, number sixty one. Yeah, but didn't get it. He didn't get to keep it. I don't really know how that happens, but yeah. also what an honor for him to be able to debut in the best Rockies jersey, the black vest. But yeah, he managed to get a, 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 a custom one for himself, a, a new black vest jersey. He's got it hanging up, but he was like, yeah, I needed to have this. Right on. Got it. Wife's going to hook it up, put it in a whole big frame, the whole thing. Actually, I did say in that moment, I don't know if, it, if if I said it to you, but I said, oh, I might need to make a spreadsheet of what jersey the guy was wearing when he made his debut. Because I, did I said you, you did say that to me, right? yes. Because yeah. I'm like, oh my God, Justin Lawrence, again, that's like a ooh, that's a very obscure trivia question. It's one where you're not gonna win a bet with because no one's gonna get it, but no one's gonna pay up. They're gonna be like, That's stupid. I'm not going to buy you a beer for that. But Justin Lawrence quite literally could be the last player to debut in the black vest i think wasn't daniel bard the last oh the daniel daniel bard is the answer to the trivia question who was the last pitcher to hit for the rockies right he like he had a pinch hit appearance i think in arizona which was weird so uh that's just one of those strange ones but when the spreadsheet goes out James, we'll make sure we, uh, or Sean, we'll make sure we, we share that with you for sure. That, um, wait, can we fun. talk real fast about James comment? Which team is the worst team for Rockies to face in terms of opponents? jerseys showing up. Hmm. In terms of like clashing with the Rockies color scheme or just like ugly in general, in terms of clashing with the color scheme, it's gotta be Padres. Because the brown and the yellow do not match the black and the purple. Yeah, yeah. The purple, purple looks good with a with a couple other teams. You know, if mm-hmm. they they also have bright colors. I know earlier on in this year when the Reds and Phillies were here, the red and the purple together on the field, it looked amazing. Yeah, it looked really great. Something about it really popped. I think it just had to do, a lot to do with the the nice weather that we had uh, there in in April. It was just just sun gorgeous looking to get back to uh, uh to those cooler temperatures it's been a little bit cooler here lately which has been nice at least in the morning at least in the in morning, the morning cool. it was kind of nice out it was i think it was sweltering by the time the game was over i think it's still a little warm here you're in the you're up in the press boxes upstairs i'm in the pnc press club it's still a little warm in here um remember yeah when it was nice out in april and then in may it snowed that's how it the goes, right? Something yeah. else. Tori LaRusa did ask that yesterday. He goes, What's the latest that it will snow here? It was actually one of the White Sox press people. I was like, Oh, third week in May. We always get that one last snow. Third week in uh, May. There's a chance that there's going to be a snow day a week before school ends for kids. And uh, they're about to go back. So, all the teachers and, and parents and everything, I mean, it's, it's a gift and a curse. There's plenty of parents out there who are going to miss their kids, but are also going to be glad to kind of send them off to school. And uh, <laughs> they're going to be busy and occupied for about eight hours, whatever it may be. So, uh, it, it's getting to that time. So, yeah, get on down to the ballpark. Um, we'll let you know when the DNVR bar opens back up. Uh, so, we'll do that. And again, even if whether you're a member or not, hit us up. 
in our DMs. Uh, we'll meet. We'd love to meet you uh, here at the stadium. Get together behind home plate. Uh, make it a thing. We'll just kind of shoot the you know what, whether it's about the Rockies or just things in general. We love doing that and talking with you guys. Hit us up at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D Lyons on Twitter. And I am at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. Man, we got a lot of momentum going here, but you know what they truly say about momentum? It is only as good as your next show. So we'll talk to you then.